Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. I am excited today to share with the world the coach that has helped me over the last almost two years and coming from a place of where I thought I was looking for a health coach, searching on Google and finding out that wasn't actually what I was ready to invest in. Anna, tell us about your business and how you got into this. Amazing. Well, first off, I'm really excited to be here, Jamie. I think this is going to be such a powerful conversation. So I'm just thrilled to be a part of it with you. And so for those of you that don't know me, for your listeners, my name is Anna McRae, and I'm an entrepreneur coach for high achievers who want to build, grow, and scale thriving businesses while living fulfilling lives. And so I help my clients operate at peak performance in their life, in their business, so they can achieve the levels of success, wealth, impact, happiness that they desire alongside feeling fulfilled without sacrificing that part of themselves just to get those monetary goals met. (laughs) That's 100% what I've been leaning into and it's been you challenging me, right? I remember being like, well, I want to be able to coach and work with my kids from home and be barefoot. And, And you were like, well, and why can't you? You know, and it's like, oh, maybe you're right. But my brain was not there, right? I was like, so that word when you say like being able to do all the things and be fulfilled doing it and create that dream, like like some of those words sound cliche or so, but you're continually, continually preaching that message and even helping in the coaching sessions of like, wait, wait, (laughs) what is it that you find now working with clients? What are some of the things that come up all the time? Well, I think there's just such a predefined version of success that we're all taught and that we've become accustomed to as the norm. And so it takes someone reflecting back to you a different possibility or a different version of what you can have, because it's almost like our brain doesn't naturally go there, right? Our brain assumes that in order to make lots of money, you have to work lots of hours, or in order to make lots of money, you have to do something you hate because that's the only thing that pays well. And I think for me, Prior to coaching, I was in consulting. So I've worked with entrepreneurs and business owners my entire career. And through consulting, where we were really focused on the strategy side of growing the business, I still saw so many miserable millionaires, right? And so these people that theoretically have it all, the freedom, the money, they were still unhappy. And so that's what really led me to coaching is to help people go beyond just the strategy of how to create what they want and really see like how they're getting in their own way and what they're doing to hold themselves back so that they can overcome that and create the actual life that they desire without getting wrapped up in this rat race to wealth, you know, getting to the top and then looking back and thinking, yeah, I, this is really not what I wanted. Like this isn't for me. Turns out I'm not any happier when I have all this money. What I really wanted was freedom, but I've built my business out of alignment with that. And so for me, I really love to partner with entrepreneurs at any stage of their journey, whether, you know, I have some clients that are just at the very beginning trying to land their first clients so that they can escape their corporate jobs. But I also have clients that have been established entrepreneurs for decades running seven, eight figure businesses they're at all different ends of the spectrum, but what they really want or what they value is a higher level of success alongside more fulfillment and happiness and not at the expense of it. 
Of course, I love that. And I'm glad that you continue to hold the banner high that it is possible. And tell us how you're living that and how you have been living that. Oh my goodness. What a journey. So when I started my business, what I really wanted was to be able to do work that I really loved um, and to be able to spend more time with my kids and to be able to travel more often, which I think is like a pretty common desire, right? Especially for someone coming from a corporate background. It's like, we just want control over our schedules, more time with the family and more time, more freedom to travel. And so I built my business knowing those values front and center and really ingraining them into how I set up my client work, my offers, my schedule, et cetera. Um, And it's just been a phenomenal journey. So this past year, we took five months. We traveled across the country, um, my husband and two kids and our Bernese mountain dog, and got to see like the Rocky Mountains, all of the national and provincial parks that we could get to. And I ran my business from the road the entire time. So I set it up so that I was still taking client calls um, and able to do like the bare minimum to keep my business going while we really spent five months adventuring as a family and to have gone through that journey and we've returned now, but to have experienced something that didn't even feel fully possible when I set out, right? So when I was sitting in my corporate job, feeling absolutely miserable, wondering how on earth I was going to survive the next 60 years of my life like this and thinking about a different reality of like, maybe I could make a lot of money doing something I actually like. Maybe I could have the freedom to travel more often. Like maybe I could actually see my kids during the week and not just get home at bedtime. To have that full circle moment and to be able to experience all of that because of the actions that I took to get there, like that was just the most amazing experience. And the thing is, I remember when you were setting yourself up for it, you're like, if I miss any appointments, like I have it figured out that on Thursdays, I'm going to have internet. (laughs) If I don't, you know, we'll make that up later. And I don't think that you missed any. Did any, I think that it, I mean- I'm sure there were times where you wondered, but. And I'm just such a planner that like you guys, you have to know there was a spreadsheet with 72 rows and like 18 columns of where we were going to be each day. Like it was not a spontaneous trip, but I did what I had to do to make it work. And because what was important to me was being able to do work I love while traveling, right? It wasn't that I was heading into it thinking, oh God, I have to still do my client calls. I wish I could be off for five months. Like that wasn't it at all because I had integrated the work that I love and the lifestyle that I love. So it just took a bit of extra planning or action to figure out how can I consistently show up for my clients in a different way than I have been when I'm sitting at my desk four to five days a week. Yeah. And so how long did that process take from the from the dream of being in corporate to the actual it's happening? This is real pinch me. Oh, yeah, that was like four years. And it was it felt like a long, long time in the moment because specifically for the trip, um, we converted a school bus into like this luxury tiny house on wheels. And um, I'm not the most like tool savvy. So I really thought this would be like a three to six month process. Three years later, we're still devoting all of our evenings and weekends to getting this bus the way we want it to be. So that took a lot longer than I expected. And at the same time, I was building my business. So pretty much those two things went hand in hand. I had that moment where I was like, I can't keep doing this. I need to do something different. So I need to build something I can travel in and I need to build a business that'll support that. 
And so it took a long time. I think, you know, the messaging online can sometimes be that my success happened overnight. And sure, now looking back, it certainly feels that way. It's like, wow, I got here so fast. Amazing. Look at me go. But in the moment, it never feels that way. Yeah. I have a a 17-year-old, almost 18-year-old right now. And the joke right now is that he's working to be that overnight millionaire and it's three years in the making. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's just in the beginning stages of seeing his three years worth of work come. And and so that's the lie, right? Or the myth that it's this overnight, but it takes some time to get there. So now that you have um, really kind of achieved the results you were looking for on this one trip and you came from being uh, working on this day and night for three years what is next? Mm, that's such a great question. And it's a question that I ask myself a lot. Like I always have a big goal that I'm working towards. And for the longest time, it's been the trip and the business. And now we did the trip and my business is where I wanted it to be at that point. And so for the first time, I'm sitting in the discomfort of not having a next of just really appreciating the here and the now, which I was never, ever, ever good at and still struggle with. But what I learned on the trip was I wasn't necessarily any happier on the trip than I was at home. Like, sure, there was great moments, but there are also great moments at home. And there were some pretty crappy moments too. And so what that experience allowed me to realize was that I can really choose to be as happy as I want, regardless of the circumstances that I'm in. And while the goals are really great for intentionally getting to a place that you want to be at, I think sometimes they can keep us from realizing we're already there. And so for me, I'm just soaking it all in and really leaning into kind of celebrating, enjoying, or just grounding in everything that I've already created and letting that be enough for a while. Mm, I love that. And I've heard that from other leaders where they're saying the things that they want to learn this next year is how to not be doing as much and just being and creating space. And like, when I look at, um, where I think I want to be creating space is not one of the things that usually people have on their goal sheet, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just being okay with where I'm at and saying, okay, what's next and being more open to what comes in terms of who is it that I'm called to be and where am I called to be now when you are helping clients from this place of having been through this, has it changed your perspective and, and how you're helping clients at all? That's a great question. I think one of the key parts of the work I do with my clients, as I mentioned, was really helping them create a fulfilling life through entrepreneurship, right? So through business as the way that you're going to support this thing that you want, but that fulfillment and happiness is really the goal. And so especially because I work with a lot of like type A driven high achievers that are like, go, 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 achieve all the things, like smash all the records. It becomes something that pretty much comes up on a regular basis on every single one of our coaching calls, because what I've seen or the patterns I've noticed is A, people have a really hard time celebrating themselves and seeing 
all of the momentum they are making, because especially entrepreneurs that are so focused on the vision and the ideas and the big grand plan, they can't, like our brains aren't wired to see how far they've come. They're really wired to help us like see what to improve and what needs to be fixed and what can be better and keep going. And so a big part of our work is really coming back to the place of seeing all of the stuff that you have achieved. Because from there, if you take the time to celebrate it, A, this has been like scientifically proven. I was just nerding out on a big research paper about this the other day where one of the ancient operating systems in the brain is this reinforcement learning. So the brain does something, it receives a reward, and then it's like, okay, cool, that was fun. Let's do that again because I want that reward. So in entrepreneurship, if you're not rewarding yourself every step of the way, you're just not going to sustain the energy that you need to get to where you want to go. And I find that that is one of our biggest challenges. So through the trip, having noticed that, okay, I achieved all the things, but I'm not actually really feeling all that different. Like, yes, I would 100% still do it all over again. I'm in a much better place than I was. But in terms of how I feel on a day-to-day basis, it didn't necessarily solve all of my problems. And so that reminder that like the goal isn't the fix, it's it's the thing that enables you to feel fulfilled in the process of achieving it. Because as humans, we want to grow personally. We want to grow our businesses. Like we just want to grow. It's what that overcoming of challenges, that's what fulfills us. But you have to recognize that in the process rather than thinking, you know, there's going to be something magical at the end. What you said about celebrating, obviously, I've been seen and heard in this place. I think it took me a year to not show up and say, I don't know what I've been celebrating. I know you're going to ask and I can't think of it. I mean, it was terrible, terrible when I look back. And of course, I like to beat up on myself as part of the process too. But I I remember even being like, well, I can tell you what my husband is celebrating. You know, I was stretching for, Mm -hmm. for celebrations and distractions and to think about how we need to rewire our brains and, and accept and be okay with sharing those celebrations and accepting them and being aware of them is huge. I I know it changed my life. And now it, it's a, it's a mindset shift that I work on on a regular basis because I feel the energy in my body shift when I go from a, to a place of like, wow, that's amazing. I'm so thankful for that. Or even, even being thankful before it's even happened. Now I'm moving into celebrating before it's even true. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You're becoming a pro at celebrating, that's for sure. <laughs> Tell me about the research paper. Are you studying something? Oh, no. I just like to Google research papers for fun. This oh, is like, hilarious. this is my idea of a fun Friday night. And so I've really been digging into like the neuroscience of happiness and fulfillment, yeah. like what drives people to make decisions and what creates success and all of that. And so that one was particularly interesting because it reaffirmed something I knew all along. Like I knew through my own journey that if I'm constantly beating myself up, feeling like I didn't get enough done, it's not happening fast enough, like I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not achieving enough as fast as I want to be, that's really not motivating me to go then take the inspired creative action that I need to take to achieve the outcome I want. But if I pause, so now I have a regular practice of celebrating every day, but also specifically celebrating at the end of the week, looking back over my entire week and looking at everything that went well, every action I took that got me closer to where I want to go and every result that came in that I'm really thrilled about, that gives me the energy and motivation to then go do the hard, uncomfortable, scary things outside of my comfort zone to take my business even further. But 
like you said, it's really hard in the beginning because we're not trained to think that way or our brains aren't programmed to look at things that way. And so it's like building that muscle of being able to recognize your own progress and accomplishments. What you're speaking to, I think Dan Sullivan wrote a book, I think it's called The Gap and the Gain. And I've skimmed it, let's say at best. I'm not (laughs) sure if I've actually read it. But I think the concept is oftentimes our brains are looking at the gap between where we are and where we want to go and just kind of beating up on ourselves versus um, becoming aware of the gain. H- how far have we come? And I know even for myself, every once in a while, looking back over the last year and being like, a year ago, you were working with me and I couldn't find a spot to have a consistent Zoom meeting with you where the internet was working and I wouldn't lose, you know, cause of my, my phone might've been not have been charged all the way. And I didn't have a microphone and I didn't have a headset. And it was like a dream to be like, I could actually be in the same room and be ready for a meeting and prepare, you know, the gain here. Like <laughs> remember when it wasn't that long ago. Right. And, and so if I'm constantly looking at where is it that I'm not where I wanted to be instead of recognizing how far have I come and celebrating? I, I do think that there's a huge shift. So you're using the word neuroscience with regards to this. What are you finding in terms of um, the study about our brain and some of the stuff that's shifting? Is this new information that hasn't been out there? Is that really what's happening? Yeah, great question. So I want to preface this by saying I'm not a neuroscientist. So like take all of this with a grain of salt. But I think the a common way of thinking, especially about business or kind of the old school approach has really been to look at strategy and to say like, here's the secret to success. Here's the path that you need to take to get there. Like here are the things you need to do to get what you want. And while action is definitely going to create the results, really the only thing that creates the result, there's so much underneath what sparks the action. And so there's this whole developing field of how our thoughts and our feelings actually can not control, but influence the kind of action that we take and how much action we take and how consistently we take it. And it's been really interesting when, when digging into specifically the neuroscience side of things, how our brain is actually programmed, right? So like we know that change is hard. Like we've all experienced trying to start a new diet or build a new habit or do something different in business. Like change is is challenging. But when you look at why that is on like a neuroscience level, it is just validating or empowering to see that like there's nothing wrong with you because this is feeling hard. It's actually because your brain is wired to maintain the status quo. And so as an entrepreneur, if you're constantly trying to go against the status quo to create change, to grow your business, to disrupt the industry, to shift your clients' lives, it's going to feel hard a lot of the time, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And so I think digging into neuroscience has really allowed me to see like, what is the science behind the way that my clients are acting or the way, the things that they're struggling with and how do we use that science to really show them the power of some of the things we're talking about, right? So like a big part of the work I do with my clients is mindset work, because I know that if you secretly believe no one's going to buy your services, you're not going to sell your services. If you secretly believe you can't make a lot of money doing work you love, you're not going to make a lot of money doing work you love. And 
to some of my clients, like depending where they are on the woo-woo spectrum, like that just sounds ridiculous that we would ever talk about our thoughts and our feelings. Like let's make a strategy, but being able to bring their logical brain some facts about the way that our brains work so that they can get behind some of that mindset work has really been a game changer. So what I'm hearing from you and just thinking about some of the other podcasts that I've done and listening to some of them, it's almost like there's this shift in the business books that have been written and really the new strategy behind business. And are there even enough books or articles out there or is this new? And what is the future then of business strategy in your mind? Mm, Great question. I think we get to a place where we realize that the strategy is only 20%. And so what becomes built into the strategy is this other 80% of our mindset and our energy. And that's really where I see the game change for entrepreneurs is, you know, people come to me and they say, I want to double my business this year. How are we going to do that? What's the strategy? well, we can build the strategy. Like it's actually not rocket science to grow your business, but are you going to execute the strategy? And what that really comes down to is your head in the right place consistently so that you can take the action. And is your energy in the right place? Like, are you literally taking care of yourself and your body so that you have the motivation and creativity and energy to take the action? That's not talked about so much in business. I think the narrative is shifting because we're hearing a lot more like work-life balance or work-life integration and like self-care. And like, I think that's the beginning of the movement, but I really envision a world where entrepreneurs put themselves first. And because of that, their business grows. Where I see my clients create the most success is when they are so tuned into what they need and what they want and they put that first and it creates the energy and motivation and action and consistency to then do what the business needs and what the business wants but when we have that backwards and we've got that tunnel vision of just do whatever it takes to hit the goal it doesn't matter how much you work or how you do it sure, you hit the goal, but then you end up unhappy and the goal really isn't worth it to begin with. So I think the conversation is really starting to shift to zoom out a bit from the goal and look at, well, what's kind of the point of all of this and how do we really round out our approach to business? It's a huge thing. I mean, I've shared with people, I use something simple, like I can help you build an ice cream stand or a coffee shop or whatever, but are you called to call to do a coffee shop? Like, is that what's actually going to fulfill you? And when we think about all the different businesses that people can do to create money or to create impact in the world, if it's not something that is exciting to you, I mean, even just think about the marketing strategy. You know, there's some people that are doing marketing online. There's some people that are doing, and they're saying, do it this way. This is what works and buy this course. And here's what works. And again, the people that I'm talking to that have actually done it, they're saying what worked was doing what worked for me, not what worked for somebody else. And I remember 20 years ago, you know, being in the basement of the library with a new business, it was a furniture store. And I'm realizing today that the vision was confused (laughs) because one of my parents saw this vision of a store that was, you know, in an old storage warehouse and full of mattresses and like low overhead and we could be cheap and we could be the cheap guy and be like selling mattresses. But then the other parent had the vision that it was a design showroom. I mean, literally we are talking about two opposite 
extremes. So I'm in the basement of the library at 18, 19, 20 years old with my kids in the you know children's department trying to learn marketing for business, not realizing that I have a complete disaster, a hot mess of a business because I have two separate visions I'm trying to align and and neither one of them were mine. You know what I mean? Like, oh my word, hello, where's mindset? And you know, it would have been amazing to have had access to some of the coaching opportunities that are available today. I mean, just a huge shift in thinking. But back then you could put an ad in the newspaper. I mean, I am totally dating myself. I'm only 41 years old, but I feel like if, if I, you know, put know about putting ads in the newspaper, I definitely am dating myself. And it worked, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's where I feel like there's this huge shift because there's so much information. There's so many new things out there. But if you don't do the business that works for you, then how is this even, it's not sustainable, right? It's like, well, we better start planning your exit plan because <laughs> chances are this is not where you're meant to be for very long. Speaking to the things that you're saying about the new version of business strategy, I also see with that coaching as a part of it because to read a book about mindset and to recognize my gaps. I mean, there's so many times I jumped on a call with you and I was like, I almost canceled. And you were like, good, because those are usually the breakthrough calls, you know, <laughs> like starting to recognize what are the things that I'm up against and when do I need to push through that with somebody that can hear what I'm, what I don't even know I'm saying. What is it that you've experienced in coaching and what do you see for the future of leaders? Mm, amazing question. I think it makes the biggest difference. And obviously I'm a little bit biased, but the reason that I got into coaching is because of this very thing, right? We're in this digital age where there is no shortage of information. Like if you want to figure anything out, anything at all, you can Google it and there will be 20 answers for you, 20,000 answers for you. So the problem isn't that we don't know what to do. It's that we're not doing it or we're not doing it in a way that works for us, or we're not doing it consistently. And so that's where one-on-one -on -one coaching becomes so powerful is because you really get to build a long-term relationship with your clients. And so let's take us, for example, I have seen you running your business behind the scenes for so long that I now fully understand what your challenge points are or what the sticking points are or what makes you uncomfortable or where you tend to go too fast or go too slow. Like we've built an entire relationship that's focused around you and how to get you to the next level. And that's where the magic happens because your business success depends on you. And so if you're not operating at your highest level, if you're not working through the mindset, managing your energy, doing that inner work to execute on the strategy, how is your business ever going to get to the point that you want it to be at? And that work can't happen in a done-for-you course or a freebie that you download off the internet or even a group program. And I've had this experience myself. I've invested a lot of money into coaching, into programs, into courses, into all the things because I'm like a huge nerd. I mean, I read research papers on Friday night. So I love to spend money on learning. But 
where I saw the biggest transformation was when somebody really knew me and knew the things about myself that I wasn't even admitting to myself and could help me through that. And that's what unlocks the potential. That's when something clicks and you're like, oh, okay, this scary thing outside of my comfort zone, done, because I've worked through the stuff on the inside that kept me from doing it. Do you ever wonder or think in all this nerdy research, I guess, what would be your perspective? Is there a need for more coaches? Are there so many coaches out there? Is it just beginning? Are we, what, what's the trend that you see happening in terms of the coaching industry? Hmm. I think there, it's definitely growing. There are more and more coaches available for people that want that support. And I think recognition of what coaching can do for you is also growing. But I also see a lot less real coaching happening than what you would think is out there. So I think there is still a great need for very good coaches that can coach. A lot of what I see online is really great marketers that can market but can't deliver on the service itself or people that can tell you what they did and cross their fingers and hope that it works for you too, but not people that have the experience to actually coach you through your problems. And so I think that becomes a bit of a challenge for people that are looking for that support and maybe investing in that support, but not having a great experience and then not trusting themselves to try something else and to invest in a different coach. And so then, you know, what's that saying? I'm awful with sayings, but it's like get burned once, watch oh, yeah. out twice or something. <laughs> I, I can think of it from a construction perspective, measure twice and cut once. <laughs> so mm. maybe it's a similar concept. I don't something know. It's, like that. Yeah. But basically it keeps people from getting the support that they want because yeah. they feel or they thought they experienced it, but they never got the real deal. And so I think there's a big difference between marketing coaching mm. and actually coaching. And that's really the thing to watch out for. That's huge. And it's it's a detriment to both sides, right? Because then potentially clients won't get the help or reach out for help, believing that maybe their experience will be similar to last time. And for coaches that are out there, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to say this, it's kind of like a good cleaning lady. Like oftentimes they're not the ones with the big marketing campaign because they have so many people referring them. And it's like, well, do you know a good cleaning lady? And well, yes, but she's booked <laughs> like, mm. the good coaches, you know, it's sort of like, uh, yeah, I do, but I'm not sure if she's taking on clients. There might be a waiting list, you know, versus the idea that, well, we've got this marketing strategy and we can just keep, I mean, it's, we're people. And it's a mindset and it's going to take some time and <laughs> all the things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and so I think there are definitely a lot of great coaches out there too, but I think um, if you're in the process of looking for a coach, really understanding what kind of support it is that you want and mm -hmm. digging deep to see if that's the kind of support that that coach can provide rather than, you know, reading one sales page and hoping that it solves all of your problems. I think you really have to do your research and meet with a few different people and see who's a good fit because that makes such a big difference and then commit to that relationship and not expect an overnight success, right? And I think right. that coaching 
dramatically accelerates the speed with which you accomplish your goals. But it, you know, just like there's no overnight diet that's going to help you lose all the weight, there is no overnight coaching secret that's going to suddenly fix all of your problems. It really is a process. And I think in the day and age of instant gratification, like that's something we forget. We just want it all faster, but it's an incredible process that truly transforms your life and your business. Yeah. Now, when I think about the investment levels that we've made and the shift that's been made in our lives, I don't regret doing any of it, you know, and, and being able to see from a different perspective, it's like, in a way, I think of sports, you know, where you have someone that's maybe working towards a huge goal, let's just say the Olympics, for instance, and it doesn't happen overnight. And it's not all on the coach, you know, if the person themselves isn't putting in that work, then obviously, and, and so similar, right, in the same Mm-hmm. lane in business or in our lives. So um, the other thing that I just want to point out is that you're in Canada and mm-hmm. it's now making it so that virtually you can coach from anywhere in the world to anywhere in the world. I mean, it's opened up. It's The, the boundaries have just kind of expanded from what people maybe could have done even a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially post COVID where everyone's just Mm -hmm. a lot more comfortable with the online space, like even my local clients still take clients, still take calls over the phone or over zoom because it's just more convenient for everybody. Right. And so I think coaching is an amazing industry because there's such a low barrier to entry. So if you love coaching, if you're passionate about it, if you want to pursue it as a career, there's not a lot standing in your way, except probably yourself. But that's a huge yeah. thing. Let's just say, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just like the tip of the iceberg. yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those frustrating things that you can't just pay to solve. Like you can't just throw money at the problem and hope it goes away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is it is good to know that you know there's not a lot that you need in terms of starting up a coaching business. It's not like yeah. starting a brick and mortar business where you're taking out loans and building all this infrastructure, etc. Um, but kind of like we talked about earlier with that low barrier to entry means that anybody can become a coach and that kind of reflects on the experience. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you would love to share with listeners about coaching, about the work that you do, about fulfillment, anything that comes to mind? Hmm. I think what's most important for me and in any interaction that I have with people is to really find out like are you happy mm-hmm. with where you are are you intentionally creating a life and a business that you love or are you kind of just coasting on autopilot throwing spaghetti at the wall trying to see what sticks like expecting that a year two years when you hit you know six figures seven figures etc all of your problems will be solved and i think it's just such a good reminder to know that your problems don't go away. They just change. And so at whatever goal, you're still going to have them. They're just going to be different and you're upgrading them if we want to use that terminology, but they still exist. And so if there is no, I don't want to say there's no light at the end of the tunnel, right? but if it's really about being in the tunnel, if the tunnel is the entire journey, then how do you get to a place where you're really loving the day-to-day running of your business? Because that's where everything changes and that's where the success comes naturally. That's where you get to a point where you're like, 
yeah, this was easy. Like I don't really feel like I had any challenges because I aligned my business with what I truly wanted. And not to say that there won't be challenges, but it'll feel easier to overcome them because they're aligned with what you really want. When you're trying to build something that you think you should have or hit a goal that just somebody else is hitting and doing things because they're expected of you or because you're, for whatever reason, expecting them of yourself, running a business out of alignment with your values, with your vision, with what you truly want is really, really hard. And it makes it hard to get it to the level of success that you want. And even if you happen to make it there, you're just not going to be happy. Like it's not going to solve what you want it to solve. And so I really, really encourage people to do that reflection, especially at this um, time of year. I think it's a great time when everyone starts setting goals, but rather than setting goals, just sit and reflect on like what's working what's not working what do you really wish was different and if anything was possible and if you were a hundred percent certain that you would succeed what would you be doing different and I think there lies the answer to where you need to focus I love that I know you've asked me the question but what if it all works out Mm. totally shifts the thinking from it doesn't feel like it's working out and it's like well what what if it does well all of a sudden my brain goes into different different places you know I would I would focus on different things. I would be making this phone call. I would be doing this differently. And what you said about um, you feeling stuck, one of the other things that we've been thinking about is what have you been tolerating? Because even thinking about in my life, there might not be a lot of outward changes that are super obvious to somebody else, but the things that I tolerate, my list is a lot, lot smaller. I used to be pretty strong, pretty strong in terms of how many things I could tolerate <laughs> was not not the best list of strengths <laughs> to, to promote to others, but I had you know really not so good boundaries, and I could handle a lot of toxic energy, and and for some reason I was enjoying it because I was making the best of it, like you said, being in the tunnel and and making the best of it versus recognizing that it actually could be completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're so busy running around trying to do all the things that we don't create this space to reflect on that. And so then one years, three years, 10 years passes, and you're kind of in the same boat that you were in just because you're, it's like that little hamster running in his little hamster wheel, right? He like doesn't stop to get out and like chew on the grass or whatever a hamster would do if it got out of the hamster wheel. Right. And so really looking at like, where are you creating your own hamster wheel and really putting this pressure or this rush on things and what do you actually want so if you were to achieve your goals like what is it that you actually want from that right for example if i make a million dollars i'm gonna have the freedom to travel with my family Mm. okay great let's just like cut to the chase and build in the freedom Mm. to travel with your family right now while you're working towards that million dollars because the two aren't mutually exclusive Mm. like you get to have them both and it's really hard to build something one way and then experience it a different way right to build your business working 60 hour weeks and not doing anything fun hit the million dollar mark and then say okay now I'm ready to have all the freedom and enjoy time with my family like you're just it's it's a not easy Mm -hmm. to do that. And most people don't. And so really intentionally building your business, building your life in alignment with what you want in the end, building that in now, like that's where everything changes. 
a hundred percent agree. And it's what I've seen over the years. There's been plenty of, um, millionaires that haven't changed their lifestyle after they hit that number. It is not a numbers game. It's a mindset game. And if we don't mm-hmm. shift our mindset before the number hits, it doesn't happen after either. I, I, I asked someone recently cause he wanted to get into, um, real estate investing. And you know that that was my background and <laughs> the, the things that I've worked through from a mindset shift in that as well. And I asked him, you know, what the reason was. And he's like, well, I've seen how money can control you and I want to have the freedom. And I said, well, the funny thing is what I've noticed about real estate investors if, is that if you don't change the mindset, then it doesn't even matter once you're in a place to be quote unquote financially free you're still looking for that next deal. You're still looking for that next opportunity or you're saving for the next investment. And so you're still not spending it. You're still, and if that's what you enjoy, I mean, I, I just did enjoy when we got the calls about the leaky faucets because my husband and I, neither one of us is really good about fixing those leaky faucets. So if, if someone else enjoys that, then that's great. I'm not meant to be running real estate investments in that beginner level stage of dealing with tenants, just realizing that it's meant for somebody. Somebody is meant to be doing that. And today it's not me. And then what are the things that I am called to be doing? Mm. And I need to step into those things. And you, I really appreciate that you have been there with me on the journey and continue to hold my feet to the fire in terms of believing and holding the vision high that it is possible for me to live a life that's in fulfillment for me. Because if I have to live a life where I'm dealing with leaky faucets and tenant calls compared to, you know, how do I deal with the tech issues for getting on a podcast? I will deal with the tech issues for getting on a podcast, right? Like I'm choosing my issues now because I'm choosing the life that's in alignment for me. And I love it. I'm super thankful to you for that. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on with me today. Anything else that you would like to share? No, this has been fantastic. I think, you know, kudos to you for sharing what that transformation has looked like and that, you know, we have been working together for a long time and that's what deepens the relationship and what gets you more value is really having someone that knows you and can help you. And so for all the listeners out there, like take a second after this podcast is over before you jump to the next thing and think about that in your own life and your own business. Like who's playing that role for you? It could be a coach, could be a mentor, it could be a partner, it could be a friend, but someone has to be consistently because it's really hard to do it for yourself. It's really hard to unravel your own mindset issues. It's really hard to hold yourself accountable. And so that's where we really can lean into community and lean into getting the support that we deserve to create what we want. And then not only does it happen faster, but it's also more fun in the process. Mm, Very true. Thank you so much, Anna. Amazing. Thank you for having me, Jamie.